You're listening to Pre-Cana with the Pope, a podcast aimed at restoring confidence in marriage and family life. Back with another episode of Pre-Cana with the Pope. We are your hosts, Renzo and Monica Ortega. We fake energy late at night just to make this conversation exciting. See, look we, at that. I did it. You did Turned it. it on. We fake it and then eventually like the the real energy comes. But. You know when I know the energy's gone? When you yawn. Ooh, like yeah. there's time you just you just the yawn comes, I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. There it time goes. to wrap up. Yep. That's it. Gotta but- edit that out. Here we are. We're a little bit starting a little bit later than we thought because mm-hmm. somebody just had a nightmare upstairs. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It's gonna be. Oh, it's so bad because I'm like I have to wake up early for jujitsu and I don't wanna. I know. I don't wanna. But you're gonna do it anyway. Hmm. I'm sure you're, you're tired you're of hearing little about little that. Little you know, one of my dreams. Though. I've said. I've said. I've said <laughs> me this before. Me or the audience? And both. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear about this. Um, you know, one of my dreams. Um, is to be able to, well, big dream, big, oops, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Did you just know what I was going to say? No. Okay. Well, I was going to say something. Um, oh, one of my dreams okay. is to do like a Catholic jujitsu conference because Trent Horn does jujitsu now. Uh-huh. Dr. Swafford does jujitsu. Taylor Marshall does jujitsu. I don't know how this is conference is going to round out, but like, but, but I could not beat any of them, but still it's just cool. You don't think so? No, they're purple belts. Oh. There's no chance. I have no chance. I have no Trent Horn though. He's the same as me. So I can beat him You're at that. You're both white belts. Yes. We're both white belts. I'll start asking about the existence of God in the middle of it. He'll be confused. <laughs> He'll be able to use both sides of his brain at the same time. But he might get excited about it. Maybe that would motivate him. Yeah. Um, his kids just did a competition. Like they just, he mm. just competed in, in a competition. I'll have our kids go after his kids. <laughs> there we go. That's how, we'll <laughs> That's how we make friends. That's how we make <laughs> <laughs> the homeschool way. Yes. <laughs> That's who said that? Oh, was it the softwares? It said, no. Oh yeah. They were saying that father Beeman said that that's like what homeschoolers do instead of what? Boy Scouts. Right. Do you remember the joke? It's uh, in our episode. Yeah, okay. It is, but I don't remember. Moving on. That, but. I don't think it's Boy Scouts because whittling. It's instead of what do public school kids do? <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it was it was oh it was like, yeah I thought it was like it's an Eagle Scout of homeschoolers, oh, oh, oh. right? Okay. No. Well, so today's episode we thought um, we did we did an episode on boundaries. I think about a year ago, going into Christmas the holidays. Time. Yeah. Um, I thought so. I think so far, like the the reaction uh, type material has gone fairly well. Yeah. Um. I don't, we haven't. We didn't put out any polls. We didn't ask anybody if they liked it. We just, we're just still doing it. I'm sorry. If you our don't, downloads are higher. If you don't like so. it, tell us, please, and we'll yeah. stop. We'll adjust, yeah. or we'll think it's just you and then ignore you. But I'm kidding. No, we won't. Maybe this is just all emotion. Our last reaction also was only like 25 seconds of Father Mike Schmidt, so we have to go back and finish. Has it? One. No, we got through. No, we got through the whole his whole part. Oh, yeah, we did his whole video. We did. Okay. We did. We, we did. Stopped to be Andy Stanley. Yeah. Well, oh, there's some. 
You're gonna, I want, you already you yawn already? You can't yawn already. We just started. All right, I have to. We're gonna. We're not gonna jump into the Ephesians five thing. But yeah, so we'll. we'll we might. We might revisit that next week. Um, we have to at some point because we said part one. Um, just so you know, these episodes aren't very planned. They're like <laughs> kind of planned, but then a lot of it goes because again, we're coming at this late at night. Sorry, we're like four minutes in. I'm sure you want to get to the content, but you gotta wait. Um, we the episodes aren't super planned. Because they, they like, I have an idea of like, hey, we should talk about this. But then it's like, whatever is going to get me excited enough to talk at night. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, let's do something else. Yeah. Because our only, I mean, it's either Sunday nights after youth group, which is what we do now, mm-hmm. or any other night, because otherwise it's just too loud in this house. So it's still nighttime, always nighttime, always tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get to the point so we can stop talking about how tired we are. No, I'm I'm not talking about that. Sorry. All right. So what we're so today we're reacting to a uh, Pints with Aquinas episode. Um, it's not a full episode, but it's a conversation that Matt had with um, Matt Frad. If you don't know who I'm talking about, Matt Frad had with uh, Dr. Brenninger, who we've had on the episode. Also named Matt. Oh, wait, who we've had on the podcast. Um, in the conversation that the, the he's answering questions. This is a I don't know what. Pines with Aquinas episode. This is, I'll put it in the show notes in case anybody wants to go to watch the clip itself um, without us interrupting. But um, how do I do this? I'm trying to split screen. So, um, oh, so during this part of the episode, there's like, I guess it's like a QA. So, like, people are typing into the YouTube. Oh, it's like chat. A YouTube Live. Yes, yeah, YouTube Live. So, it's typing into the chat. And um, so he's answering a question about how to set healthy boundaries. Um, and I thought that that, like, I thought his advice was really good. And I think just us being able to comment on that and expand mm. on some areas, um, would be interesting, would be an interesting conversation. I think everyone wants to know how to do this well going into the holidays. Um, but then even I was talking to one of our teens and like even, um, not our teens, she's, she's a college student now. Um, but I think anybody wants to be able to set good boundaries and learn to set healthy boundaries and even understand what those are. So Without further ado, we're going to start reacting to, the, to this Pints of Aquinas episode. Okay, final question here. This comes from Matt. He says, my wife would like to ask how one can set boundaries in a codependent parent-child relationship while honoring one's parent, according to the Fifth Commandment, particularly when that parent takes offense to the adult child respectfully setting boundaries. Yeah. I just said, I was telling Matt. someone the other day. <laughs> How people how people respond to your boundaries doesn't uh, determine the reasonableness of your boundaries. Like just because somebody reacts poorly mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's it's not a good boundary. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody reacts poorly doesn't mean it's not a reasonable boundary. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not a healthy boundary. Sometimes you lay down a healthy boundary, and an unhealthy person is going to have an unhealthy reaction to a healthy boundary. Um, and oftentimes that is common. If you're if if somebody isn't healthy or they're emotionally immature, they're going to react poorly to a healthy boundary. Thoughts? No, I'm not attacking you. Are you? No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm not. No, because I've worked on this. <laughs> We've practiced this. Go on. Oh my goodness! Well, first of all, I was laughing. I was joking that there's a lot of mats because it's Matt Frad and Matt Bruninger, and now Matt is asking the question. But then Matt sounded like Monica asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm just taken away by that. No, I, um, so first of all, I think that the question is great. I, I think that codependent might be like a, a term that not everybody knows what that means. Can you define codependency? No, but what I can comment on oh, okay. <laughs> is polite. When you ask me <laughs> questions, I try to actually answer them. <laughs> what I can comment on though, because I, I honestly, I don't think I'll come up with a articulate answer to codependency. I feel like you are, you come up with better answers to those. Like, what does this actually mean? I don't know. Maybe I will come up with the answer. My point that I was going to make was that when even interviewing Dr. Bruninger, when he was on, on our show, he, he speaks so well, mm-hmm. right. And slowly <laughs> <laughs> to like, I could never speak that way. Cause I feel like my, I would, I sometimes feel like my brain is going so fast that like it would get ahead of itself and yeah. then like it'd never come back and I'd lose my thoughts. And he just speaks like very calmly. So he must be a great therapist. Yes. Cause like you could, you have to he- listen to every word he says because of the way he says it. Very compelling. So like I just, I like the way he talks. Okay. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> We're reacting. I reacted to that. <laughs> Codependency is basically good. like you do whatever you're told to do because you don't want to disappoint anyone because you feel immense shame. But I don't think that's like the actual definition. Fair. Yeah. It's a lot of like um, also trying to anticipate the needs of others and doing those things ahead of time. So sometimes, and then like if you often when you're codependent with, you know, someone who like he's saying is immature, unreasonable, unhealthy, um, that, you try to anticipate and then you anticipate wrong. So then it just like worsens the cycle. But um, man, I loved his point though. He was so direct. Like just because they react badly doesn't mean your boundary is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, whew, thank you. Cause no one's going to tell me that <laughs> like yeah. in the situation. Well, it's funny. So we had, um, we had a couple of friends over today to talk about uh, pre Cana that were we're planning and trying to work on um, in a couple of months. Um, and one of their talks was on family of origin. And it's just like my family of origin was not one that I don't, I don't know if like we, we could be codependent. That makes sense. Like maybe we could be, but like we just always were ver- like loud voices. Everyone always spoke their mind. Very direct. Like there was not, yeah, the very direct, like even their, um, even their passive aggressiveness was, was like verbalized after like, yeah, I did it for that. Re-. Like, like <laughs> there, no one, no one ever wondered. Sorry. I had food in my mouth. You can see that on camera. Um, no one ever wondered if someone did something for a passive aggressive reason. Like there was always like, yeah, I, I purposely sabotaged that on you. Like <laughs> things were just like always Lovely. spoken. Yeah. It was great. I'm sure I'm not psychologically scarred from any of that. Um, but the, but like, I'm just, the the situation he's talking about like is one that would just seem I can't get my head around. Does that make sense? Like codependency doesn't make sense to me, which I think can be could lead to like in our marriage. Sorry, <laughs> could lead could lead. <laughs> fine, I only went to therapy for three years for it. No, I I'm saying it's a thing. <laughs> it's I, I'm. Tr- it doesn't make sense to like me as like a I couldn't experience that. Like if someone yeah. were to say to me. Like, I don't know, 
just if, if if I set a boundary on someone and they try to make me feel bad about it, I don't care. <laughs> and I don't know what that feels like to care so much that like. I think that that actually was like such a source of contention in our own marriage. Yes. That's why I think it's important to bring up. Like, like, I, I am very sympathetic, empathetic. I feel you? what you feel. I can feel. I'm. I would be a great character actor. Renzo, you're a codependent man. Go. You just said you don't know how to. How do you? I can fake it. (laughs) Just like the energy right now, but I, I feel like that was such a source of contention Mm because you just could not understand Mm -hmm. why I was feeling what I was feeling or even what I was feeling when we were first starting to navigate boundary setting in. In all areas. In all areas, but in particular holidays. Like no, no, no. I would, I would even say like when we were dating and engaged, like even coaching situations, oh, yeah. right. With like the town and like yeah. the town has like, Oh, like there was one thing like you, you, I think you like benched a player or something. And one of the parents like said like as a side comment, like that you were bullying a player and you were like, I have to go defend this. And like, it got so, like, it became such a big deal. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Like, I didn't get it. So like it's and just, I wanted them to understand me and like no that's not what I was doing really I'm setting a good example right, like there, so, and there was a lot of, I feel like there was a lot of wait like a lot there was a lot of times where I felt like you were drawn deeper into things and had to give mm-hmm. more of yourself to things and I and I it, felt like I needed to like legitimize my decision making and for like, everything and for everybody and for everyone to like be on the same page and to understand me mm-hmm. and like, Oh, you just must misunderstand instead of like, you just don't like what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I remember you got called in to a parent meeting and like they, they judged your worth as a mother because of how you were like, yeah. how, cause again, the girl wasn't working hard. So you benched her and you're like, yeah. how, how, what kind of mom can you be? And like, I remember that hurt you. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you're like, that's so unreasonable and irrational of them to say that. In yeah. the meeting. I was like, no, it was awful. My whole character was mm-hmm. questioned. And yeah. I think that's important like within marriages to – I had to learn to not just like be like you're just being dumb or you're just being silly dramatic. or immature or dramatic, right? And like understand like that's – it's real. It may not be real to me and it may not be something I experienced, but like mm. it's a very real thing to you. Um, and I remember – it's funny because you when you went to therapy, you didn't go to therapy for codependency. Like mm-hmm. we assumed it was an anxiety – depression postpartum yeah. type thing and then yeah. like him coming back that with like, like you're codependent yeah. we're like what is that oh wow that explains all the things that were happening before this major mm-hmm. situation that brought me to therapy happened. Yeah. <laughs> like well, i was like then, that explains so much of my entire life yeah and then even <laughs> recognizing then and that this is hard for me is that like my personality is one that could take advantage of that of you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i'm like again i and I, I try in situations where i have to be empathetic i can be this is why I was able to be a social worker. This is why I was good at that and good at youth ministry. But like my my default is kind of like that's silly. Why do we care? Mm-hmm. Or like you you need to do this because it's it's the logical, reasonable thing to do. Yep. And and, and I, that caused a lot of yep. friction. Mm-hmm. Well, because in it and I and even like if we do kind of link it back to the Ephesians five thing, like I could be, I could and I know and I would never do this, but if I if my personality shifted at some point and I just became super tyrannical and yelled about all the things and was very like heavy handed, I maybe not now, hopefully not now, but I knew earlier in our marriage, like your codependency would lead you to be like, I guess I have to do these things. Mm-hmm. I have and like that's not freedom, that's not a good marriage, that's not a good relationship. Um so I just remember 
having to work through that and recognizing that like my personality is one that could take, take advantage of that. Um, so like when you did challenge me on a thing, like I couldn't just shoot it down because then like, that's not building you up to be mm-hmm. freely able to share your thoughts, freely able to express yourself and, and, and be a, the strong woman you are. So like I had to learn to build that up. So it's so interesting. I feel like that our conversation is now actually like talking internal before talking external about boundary setting with like extended family for the holidays. Yeah. Is that a lot of this needs to be sorted out within mm-hmm. one another before you can go and like present that. Mm-hmm. I think that was really important for us too, because sometimes we would, one of us might make a decision in our own head of like how we wanted things to go. And we maybe either like didn't communicate that to one another or like halfway communicated, mm-hmm. um, maybe didn't explain ourselves. So then when the invitation came up or the situation arose and we, we hadn't clearly like stated mm. what our intentions or our hopes or our shared vision for the holiday would be, then we would break down and fight. And then our, like our plans ended up being a mishmash of a bunch of things mm-hmm. because we didn't know what boundaries to set, what lines to set, because even within ourselves, we were not being clear. So, or kind to one another. I think there were times where we were unkind to one another about Mm -hmm. it. So I think before any of this is like, that needs to be sorted out within yourselves. Like what is your shared vision of what you hope for your holiday celebrations to like look like or be what's the priority here? And then how can we execute that? Yeah. Yeah. I just, but like, I also think that if, if, a, if one of the spouses is codependent and, and just, and the other one is, I don't know what's, what's the opposite of codependent mean, I don't know. <laughs> but just like if the other spouse does, like, I think that's an important conversation to have of like, as we navigate this together. So like, mm-hmm. yes, the shared vision is important, but also recognizing like, so like if you and I were going to go do play a sport, like recognizing like, these are my strengths, these are your strengths. Yeah. This, this is where I'm weak. Actually, this is where you're weak. Yeah. So that we're able to be ready to compensate for one another as we're navigating yes. this thing. Um, and the same with like within our marriage, like I know that, I don't know, like I remember one of the things for that you got in therapy was like, if I bring an issue to you, you, you had like, we established, like you can say, I can't talk about this right now. Yeah. We're going to talk about it at this time. Yeah. And like, I had to respect that. Yeah. Because like you just were overwhelmed by it. And I'm, I was just, I, I, pop, 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 pop. yeah. <laughs> Yes, I with, just, your, with your points. I, I have a lot up. of points to make right yeah. now, and yeah, you, like, and I shared them back to back. And I was bring like, up at terrible times. So, and I was just like, I need to process that a little mm-hmm. bit and think about like, okay, I want to listen to what you're saying, and then I want to filter that through my thoughts and then share with you how I feel. But I was often either like just bending to whatever you wanted because I wanted the conversation yep. to be over, or I would fight back, but it didn't really like match what you were saying. But it's like. I didn't have time to really consider how yeah. the two things went together. I remember you'd be like, you're lecturing me. And I'd be like, I'm not lecturing. I'm giving my points. And like, it just, it was very, yeah. it was not a good, they were never good arguments or good discussions or good anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, I think recognizing that because then, then navigating holidays is easier because as you start bringing things up, if there starts being pushback, I don't have to, I, I could see how if the codependent spouse says like, I say like they want to set a specific boundary for a holiday and then whomever they're sharing the boundaries with pushes back. 
I, as the spouse looking from the outside, could then be hard on you. I'm like, you said you were setting this yes. boundary. Why aren't you setting it now? Right. And now you're codependent in two different situations. Yes. You're like, I don't know what to do. Well, there were times where you're like, why did you say that? I thought we decided this. And I was like, yep. I've got caught. Right. Yeah. So instead of like, so then recognizing that and be like, okay, this is what's happening. This is how you could like, just finding ways to support you yeah. was so important so that I, so you didn't feel like you had to worry about disappointing me. Yeah. Like for me, the win in, as we started this, like the win was that you even vocalize your boundary. Yeah. You may not be able to hold it and like, we're going to build to that, but like you yeah. being able to vocalize so important. So like, there was a lot of that support that needed to happen. Yeah. And there was literally like role playing. Mm-hmm. of because you would be like well just say this and i was like no i actually need to know the very exact words i'm going to say mm-hmm. and we would like practice like the lines that i was gonna say because i'm like i go into a confrontation and i just lose my brain like i can't think of the next step so i need my lines you know and mm-hmm. so we would and like, this is again beyond there. just holidays like i oh, think yeah. that was for all confrontations yes mm-hmm Whereas and like, like, yeah, like you, you brought up like work and coaching situations too. Like I would go through that with you too, because it was just, it was hard for me. My, like, it's like my emotional brain is on overdrive. My like social, like my social emotional brain is on overdrive and my reason, my mm-hmm. reasoning is not it's yeah. like turned off. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like, I remember in social work, cause it's a, it's a very thankless job, especially in the healthcare, like nurses, they, they, they don't get, they get yelled at a lot for no reason, PCAs, CNAs. Um, and I remember, uh, I would like, if, if a situation happened, like people are in, in the nursing homes, like people get very, um, they're very excitable because like their loved ones are not home and they're not, they don't, you know, they're not, we can never take care of a loved one the way that you would. Um, and if something, if a perceived wrong happened, people would always scream at me mm. or come in like whatever. And I, I would be very clear and be like, if we're going to have this conversation, you're going to have to change your tone with me. And people would be like, you can't talk to me. I'm like, I absolutely can. And this conversation's <laughs> over until you, and then it's so funny. Cause like, I, you're fine with it. Too. I'm, I'm like, like, it does like, not, we're not going to keep talking. Whew, I'm sweating a little bit. And it's not, <laughs> the situation no. isn't even happening. Like, like my, yep. No, my belly has flutters in it. That's <laughs> yeah. No. So like, and I was very. And it's just that that kind of thing has been easy for me. And I kind of, and I made that up on the spot. Like I I picked from, I've seen other people do similar things. Like I'd say it this way. And then I've, so like I do have those statements in my head, but I have no problem saying them in situations where like, I just know that you have to work through that. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think recognizing that, but also like I could be very cold to people I love, which is not good. So that's my weakness. Fair enough. I don't love enough. (laughs) So let's go on. Oh, wait, last, I do like his point though, that unhealthy people will respond, respond in unhealthy ways to a healthy boundary. Yes. I think it's important to, because even so like, even my point, if like, it's someone's yelling at me, I say like, please, if we we can keep talking, you just can't speak to me that way. Yeah. Um, And they start like, there's been people who just scream and yell more. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Because you found the unhealthy part. Like you found the, you you poked at it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it's almost I have started to learn that it's almost like validating of the thing that I thought was kind of just disordered when there's like an unhealthy response. I'm like, Ooh, I was right. Mm-hmm. Like that, is, that is something that yeah. is, is off a little bit. And then if, if they go, you know, peacefully, then it's like, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I put this on Instagram um, the other day. I've recently forayed into Instagram. Talk so nice and slow. (laughs) And someone didn't like that. This woman responded 
And this woman was a parent and she, she actually was a parent who didn't like, gosh, it'd be amazing if that was the mom to this person. Um, <laughs> she didn't like that. I said boundaries were sometimes important. She said, it doesn't seem very Christian to set boundaries. Um, and oftentimes we think of boundaries as like, uh, being in conflict, conflictual, and they're not, I mean, I think, I think. Or even obstacles to a relationship. Right. They're not even a thing you put in the middle of us. It's something, you, you'd you say this better, but it's something you set up in order to perhaps have a more healthy not relationship. Not 100%, dude. I love that. And like, if you think about it in, in marriages, like this is so that we have a better relationship. Boundaries in general. I mean, that's, that's where like God's plan is right. Like, like the 10 commandments and God, even at the very beginning, giving Adam and Eve, the boundary of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like those boundaries allow us to act within to act freely within the parameters of how a healthy relationship should act. And so like boundaries show us like where these spots go too far, you know, Mm -hmm. like where, where we might have a tendency to take advantage or to be selfish or to what have you, like these boundaries show us they're, they're, they're like the bumpers on when you go bowling, like they mm. keep you in the lane and, and either we could really like fight against them, think that they're silly and throw them out the window, or we can like act in confidence and freely within the, like with inside those boundaries so that that relationship can flourish in that's in its like ordered way. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. And not thinking about boundaries as a, like you're setting it up to be in conflict with the other. Mm. It may be conflictual because again, like they could be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. That person can be unhealthy and not think your boundaries are healthy, even though they are. Um, but it's so that you can have a healthy relationship. Yeah, so like Christ had boundaries, right? So you know what we don't see in the gospels? Um, he Like when he goes, it's like he detaches from the crowds mm. and he went up to a mountain to pray alone. And that's interesting. Like, obviously at some point he, his disciples are probably trying to follow him. And he's like, Hey guys, I'm going to go by myself. It's a, it's not just like, they just like stop following for some reason. I mean, they follow him everywhere. And yet we have these moments where he deliberately goes away alone or where he leaves mm-hmm. the crowds and goes off. You that's, imagine people that's what I tell my wife when I leave parties without <laughs> saying goodbye, I'm just doing what Jesus would do. <laughs> Dude, like yeah. there are times when, when Christ seems to set a boundary um, and it's not because he's in conflict, it's because um, boundaries allow us to function and thrive and flourish. They're just because Jesus was an introvert. (laughs) He needed time away. (laughs) Needed time, space, retreat. Yeah. But I like that. I like his point about Jesus also setting boundaries. I don't know if I would say as much of like, him leaving was a boundary setting, but it could have been stay here. Don't bother me. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have been more conflictual for anyone that was like, you know, really wanted to follow him or it could have really just been like, just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm Mm -hmm. going off to the mountain to pray. And like, I think, I think sometimes we don't see those little boundary settings as actual boundary settings too. like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Like mm. you say more, like you, you kind of, that's your statement of what you're doing. But like, 
anyone that's like in relationship with you and a good relationship with you would would be able to read between the lines of like, oh, you must be tired or you need a break or you need extra rest if you're saying I'm going to bed early or like mm. that kind of thing. So like I think I feel like his get behind me Satan could have been a stronger. That's a strong <laughs> that's a stronger boundary. That was a fit that yeah. That was very clear. Maybe that's not like that's a, not an early stage boundary. Maybe that's one you said later <laughs> when no one's listening to you. I have to die, Peter. <laughs> so maybe that's we'll keep going. Limits to what behaviors we're willing to accept from people. That's all it is. I mean, mm. it, it's a limit to what behavior I'm willing to accept. Now, I'll say this. Sometimes it would be perfectly healthy and acceptable to set a boundary. But because you might have a certain spiritual maturity or wisdom or perspective, you're actually willing to suffer a little more of somebody else's immaturity or problematic behavior in service of the relationship or in service, you know, maybe you're willing to suffer it a little more because you want to let your, your kids hang out with their grandparents. So you put up with a little something that normally you feel like you wouldn't, but from a place of now it has to be done from a place of um, wisdom and maturity and um, like charity, not from a place of fear or resentment. And Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, <sighs> And that's like, that's the gut check for yourself because it's like, where are you when you enter into these situations? Not Mm -hmm. what are they trying to get you to do or or like manipulate the situation? Or they're saying like, I, it's been so long since I've seen the grandkids or I don't get that much time with them. It's like. Mm -hmm. Because the codependent person would, would say like, oh, I'm going to suffer more, but it would be out of fear and resent, uh, fear and resentment, like be out of fear and then feel resentment themselves. Yeah. Cause it's more of the negative instead of the positive of like, oh, I want my kids to have this experience or I want my, my parents to have this experience. I want like you're, it's not others centered. It's like you're self-centered. Like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about how, um, I'm worried about how this might affect our relationship. I don't want them to be upset. Mm. It's kind of like, like, is this more, yeah, positive or negative? Though even, even though, though, I, the, your phrase that you said, like, I want, like, being other-centered, I think uh, a codependent person could m- rationalize their way into mm, thinking they were mm-hmm. other-centered. Because I think it's important to say, so, like, if, if I was rational or thinking it to myself, I would say, this isn't okay, but I'm going to suffer through this because I want X, Y, and Z out of it, right? So, mm-hmm. like... Cause I think it's important to like say to yourself, like, this is still not okay. Cause I think you could rationalize and be like, it's always going to be okay because I want, hmm. so, am I making sense? Can you try to give an example? Uh, well, use the example he just said about kids hanging out with their grandparents. Like you could say, um, like either, you know, say, say you don't want them to have dessert all the time and grandparents always offer dessert and you're like, and you set the boundary, but for some reason they keep offering it. Um, and you just don't want to keep having this uncomfortable conversation about dessert, but you're like, you know what? We're going to go. It's annoying and wrong that they keep offering dessert, but I want them to see their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And when it comes up, I'm going to shoot dessert down again. But like, you're still acknowledging that like what they're doing wrong, as opposed to just being like, well, that's just the way they are. Hmm. And I want them to see like, and then, cause then I feel like. Unless you can really like get over that yourself and be like, this is just not a hill worth dying on. And it's fine if they have extra dessert. Yes. No, no, I guess that's but like, fine. Legitimately, that's like how yeah. you are. 
but I feel like, so like, it's like, I guess spiritually it's hard to like, I guess like this situation aside. So like, um, like whatever I'm trying to think of a vir- like a virtue of, sorry, I'm trying to be quick on my feet. Um, so like, so like, um, okay. When, when someone like hits you on one side, she's on one cheek, she's just turned the other cheek. Right. Um, I think you still have to acknowledge that you were hit in order for it to be virtuous for you to turn the other cheek mm. as opposed to like, well, I don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it still needs to acknowledge that there's a wrong that you are bearing mm. in my mind. Like it, it can't just be like a, I've gotten to a, to a Christian height of holiness and wisdom that, that whatever happens doesn't bother me because I like, that's not, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's holiness. Cause you're not like, you're like, oh, like Jesus didn't get to a point of, of, holiness that he wasn't feeling the nails right like yeah. it, like you're still acknowledging these things are happening hmm. um and the holiness comes in like oh, i'm gonna bear this anyway but i still think it, acknowledging it because i again i think that the tendency for the a codependent person would be to to make it seem like no i'm just i'm just so holy and like I, you know this is so great yeah everything's so great is it you know then you is, just seem like oblivious right like, yeah like, like this is what the lord's given me this is the redemptive suffering like i'm glad glad you read a theology book but like you have to acknowledge that like this is still not okay yeah even if you're going to go through it, that's fine. But you still have to acknowledge like this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Mm. That's why turning the cheek is a, is a good thing. Because it's a choice to right. endure it versus – Right. That's why like yeah. giving – like, oh, if he asks you for your cloak, give him your tunic as well. Like it's because the, asking the cloak is not a good thing. So you're going to do hmm. something like, right, as opposed to like – does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we've all met those people who are just like – they just seem so whole and like, are you always this happy or are you just pre- – like are you pretending everything's great? Mm-hmm. Everything is of the Lord. Yeah. This is his will. I read all these books from Father Jing Jacques Philippe. Jacques right? Philippe. right? Like, ah, this is his will. No, like, okay. But like, you still have to acknowledge that these things are not good things. At least that's my what I think. Do you agree? Do you, you could disagree. I, Don't feel codependent to my, <laughs> to my thoughts. I just... I think it's very funny your your subtle, not subtle opinions of Father Jacques Philippe's writings. No, I only read one book. It's great. So small. It was good. It was good. Keep keep going, Doctor Brunin. I didn't look for the. Okay, I won't. I I can go on a tangent. Self control. I'm choosing. Choosing to not to because (laughs) we don't have that much time. So I think there are times when it would be healthy to draw a boundary that you could choose not to, even though it would be well within your purview, you could choose not to, but how do you do it? Um, I think you do it in stages. I think you start off with like a minimal boundary, the, the lowest possible boundary or the least restrictive boundary that will allow you to achieve the thing you need. And then I think if that's not respected, you can move up. Mm. And I think it should start gentle and peaceful and it shouldn't be a big deal. It should just be, Hey, here's what we're going to do. And, and then it can also escalate in forcefulness if it's not respected. Hey, I really need you to pay attention and listen to this thing. Because, mm-hmm. And then sometimes it can also be helpful to have a spouse get involved. I think initially allowing the child of the parent to be the one to set the boundary first is helpful but then if you need some backup and support as you're escalating the boundary, if it's not respected, you can bring your spouse in with you to have a conversation together with the parent. He's very good at giving advice. This is my, oh, never mind. I'm not going to go into 
Father, Father Jacques Philippe's foot. Do it. No. It's already been started. No, no. I, what I like, and again, we've talked about human formation things. I just like when people can, like, he didn't just talk about boundaries. Dr. Yeah. Bringer, I mean, he yeah. didn't just talk about boundaries and why, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, as he a just, concept. As like, a concept. Like, he, yeah. he, he gave a specific example of what you're supposed to do and, and start with a small boundary. Yep. Like, in, and not be confrontational about it. Like, oh, good. Look, these are practical things I can do. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then slowly escalate it as you need. So you don't start with a get behind me, Satan, but like you start. <laughs> but I think it's important to, because again, you can say we could be talking about boundaries and some people might be like me and be like, oh, we got to set. And I, I think I, I tend to that of like, I need a boundary. Like I set a huge boundary. Right I'm going to set it over here so mm-hmm. that we don't even get close to the boundary. Right. You know, and like <laughs> set it firm. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that this way of going about it too just feels more comfortable and natural because you're just like, I don't want to pull something out of left field. And somebody's like, why are you being so firm or why are you being so um, restrictive Mm -hmm. when like, look at what you as a couple are trying to achieve in this relationship? Like what's, what's broken and what are you trying to remedy? Or like, what is, you know, what, what's kind of leaning too far and, or whatever these boundary settings are, are happening or what's the decision that you guys have, what's the goal. And then like, how can we gently and charitably communicate that to our family? And yeah, I think like him saying like, okay, child of the parents first, like that's the first line of communication and doing it gently. Um, yeah, I'm not good at that. Like the boundaries we've set with my parents. Oh, but that's the way you guys have always communicated. So I feel like- doesn't make it just uh, but, or but moral. You know, well, mm, but I feel like it's slightly consistent in what he's saying though, is that like, if that's the way that your relationship has been, then like, it's, I don't think that it's completely disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you're disrespectful, but I don't think it's completely because like, that is the way that your family communicates. Like- yeah. That's how they communicate with you too. When they set a boundary on something that they want or don't want, then they say it the same way. So, what did my dad say? And no one gets offended. Well, no some one, people get offended. My dad gets offended. <laughs> your dad does get offended, and then you get the silent treatment for a little while, and then he's oh back my gosh. again. Okay. And next clip. The parents, but I think. The word that keeps coming up, man, is freedom for me. Like to do it with freedom in the sense that I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm not setting a boundary to hurt. That's not my goal. And if that is your goal, then then you need to re-examine why you're setting boundaries and what the purpose of boundaries is. It's never to hurt another person. And I try to communicate that if I have to set a boundary. I'm not doing this because I I want to hurt you because I don't like you because I don't. I'm doing this because I think it's, it's what's going to be best ultimately for both of us. Um, and somebody can disagree with that. Well, I don't think that's true. Okay. But where I am right now and the way I'm thinking about it, that is true for me. And so I'm going to need you to respect that. I feel like going, again, going into a conversation with him, imagine having to have him set his boundary and he's just like, you're upset. And he comes in with like a super cool voice. Like, okay. Okay. And that's, this is what best for me. Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I want to learn from him how to be so calm. (laughs) Obviously this is him like 
in therapist mode and like he's trying to teach in this situation. Um, obviously he's trying to like teach in this situation. I, I do like the point though, that he's saying like lay it on the table. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this not to hurt you, but to try to do what's best for our relationship, to try to do what's best for you and for me. And we have to, in, in freedom, like we have to allow the others to disagree, to feel like that's not what's best, but then to still like stand our ground. Mm. And I liked that his approach is very non-confrontational. Like, okay, I see, but it is what's best for me in this place right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That, yeah. That's a really good point of like, it's, you're not trying to win the person over or get them to like you more or to get them to like the boundary. Yeah. Why can't they? I don't know. Can't we all be reasonable here? No, it's, it's, that's like, I think that might be the hardest part for people who struggle with codependency because I mean, that's like the basis of the disorder that you have is that you want to try to make everybody happy Hmm. with you in all situations. And you cannot do that and set healthy boundaries and allow for your relationship to be healthy and acted in freedom. Um, and that's so hard because you're so afraid of boundaries ending relationships. Mm. Like maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm c- casting a broad net, but like. Oh, I usually do that. I know, but could be wrong. But I think one of the scariest parts of boundary setting is worrying that the relationship is just going to end because of the yeah the boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing my mind is like, well, if, a boundary ends a relationship, then you didn't have a relationship. But what if I tried a little bit harder than we could have? Mm. No. That's the voice. That's the voice. That's the voice. Or if I just explain it in the right way, like I swear, or I used to swear, I've gotten better at it, but like I would swear that if I just said it in the perfect way, like if I used exactly the right words and I timed Mm. it perfectly, then they would see my point and we would all suddenly like our relationship would just transform into one of freedom and love and respect. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I, again, I don't, I, yes, I go into confrontation, not seeking confrontation, but like I'm more comfortable in it. Um, and you like it sometimes actually uh, a little bit. like is not the same. No, it's more of like, it mm, depends on what it is. If it's for like a, if it's like an, a work meeting where like, disagree being disagreeable leads to a better product mm-hmm. like yes i like it because like we're gonna because like ultimately people disagreeing with me is a beneficial thing um but the point i was going to make is that in debates when people are debating so like what i mentioned Trent Horn earlier but like watching his debates against atheists like i and i think he said that like you, he's not trying to win over the atheists like there's mm-hmm. there's most people that you're that he's debating with like are set in what they think and it's about trying to present the information in a way that kind of wins over the audience. Like you're mm. not going to win over the person because like they, you're not going to win. So like even in a debate with, with a super intelligent person, like you're not going to, even if you say it perfectly, like you're still not going to win them over because they're kind of set in their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he ever as is able to convince anybody, it would be over time, over multiple yeah. conversations. Yeah. So like just even that, I know that's like, so in this kind of thing too, like you could set a boundary, you're not going to convince anybody, even if you said it perfectly. Because like they're seeing it from their perspective, they're receiving it with all of their history and everything through those lenses, and it's like an overtime thing. Mm-hmm. So I think even like setting boundaries for holidays, 
we can assume like, oh, this is the year that like we're going to set it and everything's going to be great. And like, it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And you can set it and it might go great or it might go fine. And then the others are like, okay, that wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going Mm -hmm. to be. Like you have to kind of let the situation play out too. But also you do have to, to your point, like it may end a relationship. It might. And like, then be prepared for that. But also like, again, within that, within that freedom of like, but I set this boundary so that like with the intention to not hurt them, but to improve our relationship. The reason why I set this reasonable loving boundary is for us to flourish. Mm -hmm. And if they've decided that that's a deal breaker for them, then our relationship was not bound to flourish or Hmm. be in freedom because we can't, we can't do that with the way that things are. And if they don't want to try to transform that a little bit, then this mm-hmm. isn't a relationship that you were meant to be in mm. or the one that's healthy for you. Yeah. And, and sorry, this is and, and if, if you're somebody who has some, has had someone set a boundary in your relationship and you've reacted poorly or unhealthily, I think it's important to like, okay, then we can consider and take a step back. And like, are we reacting poorly to other people's boundaries? Yeah. Because we think they're unreasonable because we think they're dumb because that's not the way it ought to be or the way I, or maybe we took it too personally. Mm. Like it, I think a lot of times it's, yeah, it's not about you, but it's about us. It could be about the other person and that's just what's best for them. Um, You know, or maybe it is a little bit personal and we have to take a, like a good look at ourselves in the mirror and see like, was I mistreating this person Mm. or um, was I being a little selfish in the relationship or what have you? Yeah. Almost done. A couple more to, a couple more thoughts. And if you can't, then the boundary, then we might need to leave or we might need to, to flesh this thought out, how mm-hmm. might setting boundaries with your parents be uh, an example of honoring them? Yeah. So it's not necessarily a contradiction of that commandment. It could, in fact, yeah. be. Sometimes um, I'm better able to show love, patience, tolerance, respect um, when I'm taking care of myself and when I'm not allowing unhealthy or unhelpful behavior into our relationship, behavior that makes me angry, resentful, that trounces on my autonomy it gets weird when you become an adult because we're called to respect and honor our parents but that certainly doesn't mean that we still have to listen to everything they say Mm -hmm. he's so good Mm -hmm. well and kudos to matt frad for asking questions well like that was a really well worded question um and bringing it back to like his initial thing it's like how do we honor and i really like that of i want to honor you in the best way i can is if these other things are in place for me to do that and then, yeah, because we're, we're adults. I'm right. grown. Like, I'm a grown man. Can't tell me what to do. I um I had a good distinction one time in confession where a priest shared with me that honoring and respecting and loving your parents is not the same thing as being obedient when you're an adult. Mm. That obedience is not the same anymore because of because of free will, because you've now created a whole new family. Um, in this case, so like, I'm not just an adult, but I'm a married adult with children. So I've now left and cleaved and started a new family and my responsibility lies there. And that the, those people Mm. are my primary vocation, no longer my parents as my primary relationship, um, and things like that. So interesting. I I wonder if it's a cultural thing, like an American cultural thing with the, and maybe not, no, it may not be just American, but like. I know that other cultures have a big emphasis on like the familial legacy and like Mm -hmm. your, 
you're like uh, I'm thinking of um in not in Kanto Disney movie Red Panda. No, what? <laughs> oh yeah, that Sorry. one. That one's another one. Sorry, that was, that, <laughs> I was. I thought you no. Okay, the, the one with the, the the Mexican Day of the Dead. Oh, um, not Coco. Li- yeah, Coco. It's not like- Libra. Yeah. <laughs> Coco. But like with the ofrenda and and putting all the like the loved ones up there and like you're yeah. part of this family. So like imagine you're married to that family. You you're like oh I'm part of this now, and feeling like anytime you set a boundary, you're you are turning your back to that, mm, legacy. that legacy and like people yeah. can feel like, look, you're not doing what you should be as part of this family because this is how you're supposed to act. And I feel like that puts it in. And I mean, I don't think it's just America now that I'm saying it aloud. I externally process. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that's, that's another uh, dynamic that actually isn't Christian because mm. it, cause the Christian, the Christian marriage is, is like you, you leave your father and mother and cleave to your bride. Um, and that we are now the two become one flesh. Like we're a new family. Um, and I, th- I not saying that it's a bad thing, but I don't think it's a Christian thing. I don't see it. I don't see it as, as it's like, as much as we've read through all the different things, like you're supposed to take care of the grandparents, you're supposed to take care of the children, like you're supposed to take care of each other, but this, this identity hmm. that we dr- derive our identity from our ancestors, our ancestors and our family. I, I just don't think that's, that's Christian. And I think that causes a lot of tension here. Mm. Because you're like, you're, you're felt like, oh, I have to, like, we say to the kids now, like, oh, the, you know, we're Ortegas, Ortegas do this. Like, I hope at one day, like, it doesn't get to the point that like, oh, we have to act like Ortegas. Like, no, now once you get married, like you're defining what your Ortegas are going to sound, mm. are going to be, sound mm-hmm. like, what they're going to be like, <laughs> what they're going to act like. Like, you're not, you don't have to do what we said anymore. Yeah. Um. So I hope to be able to give that off well, but. Yeah. I Am think, I making sense? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point too, because like when you think about it, and you have you have one family heritage, and then another family heritage, or this like like this legacy, this family tree, but then you've now joined them. Like, how can you possibly adhere to both legacies perfectly? Right? Like, I want you to do it. <laughs> they right. So I think that like if you just take a step back for a second and realize how impossible, like actually impossible Mm -hmm. that is to do. I don't know if that just helps to bring some like peace to the situation of the, of what you're spinning around in your head of like, it's just not possible to do all the things for all the families when you now have doubled it and started your own where you're supposed to be creating your own culture, creating your Mm -hmm. own traditions, creating your own style, because you too have created something unique well, and also, different. And maybe this is like a, maybe cause I'm jaded to it, but like also th- th- what's the purpose of creating your own family culture in my mind. is so that we could probably properly, um, uh, hmm, like so that we want to be able to create a, a family culture that can grow the kids in virtue, that can show them what love is so that they can, and, and ultimately build them up within their faith and like show them the intangibles of faith and love and family. Um, but like, that's the reason we build the culture. Like it's not, we're not building a culture so that we can then be creating a legacy that, that we will be remembered forever. Like that's such a false, that's well, not, that's that not even, real. I feel like that also goes with, I so much worse at quoting the Bible than you are, but the situation where Jesus was saying, like, if you're not willing to like, leave, like, Let the, le- yeah, like the not father, bury the dead. what's that? Not bury the dead. Like leave. No, not that one. The when he talks about how like it's basically when Jesus is talking about prioritizing the Lord over your father and your mother and your brothers and that like okay. 
you can't, um, like you can't have both and you're asked to, you're asked to put the Lord first Mm -hmm. and that's our job as a family is to point towards him. Like we are the image of the Trinity. So if we're not, if we're detracting and making it all about us and not pointing toward the Lord and like showing our children, like that's the Christian legacy is what we're, what we're aiming for. Then. All right. We have one more clip of this. I am an adult man who has children and, and, sometimes what my parents might recommend hypothetically, I mean, it's within the realm of possibility that what my parents think is best for my family. I don't think is best for my family. Mm-hmm. It would be weird to say, well, you always have to honor <laughs> what I can say, honor my parents in that case, I think means something like I'm willing to hear what you have to say. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Thanks. But it doesn't mean I have to agree with it or do it. Well, I think you should let, you, you know, your mother buy your, your daughter, her first, Easter dress. Well, my wife wants to buy our daughter the first Easter dress. This is a real scenario that um, uh, a friend of mine went through. Um, Her mother-in-law wanted to buy the first (coughs) Easter dress, but she wanted to buy her daughter her first Easter dress and they had different tastes. (laughs) Um, And her husband, my buddy had to, had to draw a button and say, mom, you know, and here's how I think you honor. I really appreciate that that you want to buy so-and-so a dress but my wife would like to do it. You know, it's our first, we're so excited. And, and mom, mother-in-law's feelings were a little bit hurt because she had done that for all the other grandchildren mm. with all the other siblings, but. So good. Mm-hmm. So well worded. And like, that's how you honor, like you appreciate. And instead of getting defensive and yeah. feeling like you're attacking me and you're trying to, nope, just, I appreciate that. Yeah. this And like, it, it's just a nice paradigm shift of like boundaries don't have to be aggressive. Yeah. And to try to like see where they're coming from, right? In this offer, this suggestion, this declaration, whatever the situation might be, like try to see where they're coming from. Because going back to this like holiday tradition and stuff, if you are going to suggest something that's different than the way it's been done for a long time, appreciate where they're coming from. This is how they have chosen to live their life for a long time. This is what they prioritized. And so to just be gentle with them in that, like, that's something that mattered a lot to them Mm. and appreciate that. And like, thank you for all of like the memories that you helped me create as a child. And I know that this is really special for you. You know, maybe there's a, a case where, you know, your guys are local, so you can kind of do it in some way or what have you. Maybe not. Maybe it needs to be a firm yes or no. But like, I love his, I love his suggestion and his like example of, appreciation yeah no i think you did an excellent job i think i really hope like this episode can help people start having conversations about their boundaries yeah and um so we hope it brings you uh a little bit of direction and peace during this season that i know for some people can be very anxiety ridden yeah so very stressful yeah so i hope we we have to pull you guys on instagram to see if you like this style of episode um but thank you guys for being here thank you for all the support and the listens because we're starting to be listened to more it's great <laughs> i think it's great but uh yeah so we're, we're wishing you guys a happy thanksgiving um and a great end to the liturgical year mm-hmm. and then uh we'll touch base in advent sounds good right advent will be the next time no uh, maybe not no not we have one more episode we have one more i don't know what we're gonna do oh we have to do ephesians 
We have to finish. We have to finish that. Okay. Yeah. And then it's Advent. <laughs> there you go. We'll see you at the next episode, whenever that is. <laughs>